Hello, my name is William Schepner, and you're listening to Quick Career Convos by the UNO CBA Career Center. On this show, we talk about all things career-related. To do this, we do a dive into a topic, starting with a little background, moving on to an interview with someone who engages with this topic daily, and ending with Who Cares, our segment on why our episode topic matters and what you can do about it. Studying business is great because of the tremendous flexibility of the degree. Are you interested in a traditional business role? Great news. A business degree is valuable in opening doors to those types of roles. Are you interested in nonprofit or government roles? Good news for you too. A business degree can be just as useful. Not only do business concepts and skills transfer across the lines of traditional business, the process of completing a business degree teaches students analytical, interpersonal, and cognitive skills to understand problems, develop solutions, and work with others to implement those plans. Today, we're going to be talking with Adrian Cavill, a UNO graduate and the current manager of business attraction and expansion at the Greater Omaha Chamber, about how studying business prepared her for a role outside of the traditional firm. Hi, Adrian. Thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation on Quick Career Convos. Thank you so much, Will. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I was wondering if, uh, just to start off, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my name's Adrian Cavill. Um, I am a UNO grad. I have two bachelor's degrees from, from UNO. Um, within those two degrees, five different majors, um, and I also studied abroad officially five different times, so kind of fell in love with, with that world. Um, and, and yeah, so I actually met my, my first boss for my first kind of big girl job internship, whatever, um, at UNO, it was kind of an international studies event, um, just happened to sit next to him. His job sounded cool. Asked him about it. Um, he had hired me as an intern within like 48 hours when I graduated UNO, uh, went full time and that's at the department of economic development. So working for the state of Nebraska, um, just recently, within the last month, I actually switched switched roles or, or switched organizations. I'm now at the Omaha Chamber of Commerce, um, doing really similar work, still kind of focusing on, on business recruitment, attraction, expansion, as well as kind of the international piece. So, um, yeah, really happy to kind of be back in Omaha. Can you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day role at the Omaha Chamber of Commerce? Um, yeah, so so it's it's a lot of different things. It's it's similar in a lot of ways to the the job that I previously had, but um, I would maybe split it up into three different categories. So so those three kind of buckets being business attraction, the international piece, and then maybe a little bit on the community development side. So for the business attraction piece, what that kind of entails is is um, it's probably the the priority 
you know, work whenever new projects come in the door. So that would entail kind of a new business, um, expressing that they have interest to, to relocate to Omaha to open a new facility in the Omaha area or potentially um, an existing business that is working on an expansion project. So um, that's that's kind of attracting new investment and new high paying jobs to the area to, to help the region grow economically. Um, for the international piece, there's a number of different things. So that could be international conferences that could be supporting the state as they go on on trade missions led by the governor led by the department of economic development things like that um, and then there's kind of some omaha specific things so omaha is actually the only foreign trade zone that is um, in the state of nebraska so that that kind of allows businesses to you know not pay duties until goods are sold or they can store things there um, just helps kind of ease some of the international you know uh hardship that businesses might face with in terms of yeah taxes or tax liability um so the omaha chamber is actually the kind of grantee so i will oversee renewing that application every year and then it's just being involved in other organizations so um, a couple would be like nebraska world affairs council uh, the midwest international trade association just a couple of kind of the the ways that i stay connected to the community um and then the other thing too is doing like reverse trade missions. So Berkshire Hathaway is, is a good example of that. So that's a really big kind of opportunity to invite international investors into Omaha, um, you know, capture them while they're here, um, put together some programming for them to kind of really capture their, their interest and, and, and hopefully, you know, maybe they'll stick it in their head that they're here for this really cool opportunity to see, you know, the Oracle of Omaha, but potentially they'll want to grow their business here as well. So um, that would be kind of the international side of things. And and then, um, yeah, so a little bit on community development as well. So uh, we have a few kind of targeted advisory groups just within different sectors. So we have like agriculture, uh, med tech and manufacturing are kind of the big ones that we're focusing on right now. Um, we also do kind of do some stuff focused on, on data centers, things like that. But so we're just bringing community leaders in those spaces together and, and making sure that we're addressing um, kind of whatever issues they're facing in the market or we're really capitalizing on, on the things that businesses are telling us are going well. So um, just, just making sure that we have that, that piece of engagement, you know, with, with the existing businesses that are here, that we can grow those relationships, things like that. So, so it's a lot of different things. It's kind of different every day, but um, that's kind of what I would break down my, my role being. Yeah, that's fascinating. Thank you so much for kind of giving us a little insight into that. Mm, certainly. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, there are a lot of similarities between your current role and your previous role um, at the Nebraska Department of Economic Development. And I was wondering if, could you break down some of those similarities and maybe some of the differences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think what you know, probably the biggest similarity is, is what that kind of core mission is. So the core mission still comes down to um, how can we make this state better? How can we make this community better? How can we we make it a better place to, to work, live and play, whether that's the whole state of Nebraska or now that it's now that I'm at the Omaha Chamber, uh, narrowed down more to the Omaha region. But um, that that mission has kind of remained constant. And that's probably, yeah, you know, my, my favorite part of, of both jobs is just that kind of call to action piece. Um, and I think too, what you see with that kind of mission is that you affect real change in communities. So um, especially kind of in, in some smaller towns, you'll see when, when a kind of a big manufacturer or something comes to town with high paying jobs that are paying, you know, 
above like $50,000 average wages that can really transform community um, that gives people just real working people, you know, opportunity to, to live a, a higher quality of life. And I think that that, that piece of it, um, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't trade that for, for any other industry, honestly, um, in terms of differences. <clears throat> yeah, I think, um, I, I, I loved being at this state and, you know, kind of working with, you know, politician side of things and you work with the governor's office, things like that, 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 that part of it is fun. Um, but I guess that's also where the biggest difference is, is where you're maybe a little bit more in the spotlight um, at a state role. Um, I think maybe at the chamber, you can take a back seat and I am kind of preferring that actually, but, <laughs> um, you know, maybe a little bit less, a little bit less bureaucracy or a little bit less, you know, uh, red tape to work around that kind of thing, but um, definitely more, more similarities than differences. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I want to kind of shift gears just a little bit and talk about your time at UNO. Um, and so reflecting on your time at UNO as a student in the College of Business, um, what do you think is the most valuable skill that you learned? <clears throat> uh, the most valuable skill that I learned, yeah, I would say mm, just value the relationships that you make and, and really capitalize on your network. Um, kind of who the who you know is 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 going to kind of get you into the door of of potentially an organization, or even you can just, you know, meet a professor and connect with them, talk to them about different opportunities within a certain sector, um, and you can kind of come across something that you wouldn't know otherwise. So, you know, for example, um, the, I'm not sure his title, but I think chair of the International Business Program at CBA, Dr. Adi Dam, I still am in touch with him. We're still on like a couple boards together, but um, yeah, he was kind of a, a big support for me throughout my career at UNO. Um, so I studied abroad a number of times, as I had mentioned, and he had kind of done the back end stuff to make all of the coursework line up and was always super kind of supportive of my international ambitions, things like that. Um, the director of international studies at UNO, Patrick McNamara, um, is fantastic. Again, I, I still work with him every now and then. He'll still come up at, you know, different different community events. Um, for a time, I was sitting on the UNO um, advisory committee for the international studies program. Um, so we kind of got to collaborate that way as well. But you know, he, he's who kind of convinced me to get the second degree in international studies and had had him as a professor a number of different times and was always super supportive of kind of my ambitions to go government. Um, he knew my, my former boss. He actually organized the event that I met my, my former boss at. So um, I think that just kind of the, that longevity of those relationships, um, you know, really propelled me forward. And then even just, you know, like Bethany Hughes, you know, director of the Scholars Academy, she was always a great sounding board, always, you know, super willing to listen to what I was up to, um, just people like that. Um, very interestingly, the, the the director, the former director of the, the Career Center at CBA, Bianca Harley, she is now my, my coworker at the chamber. So yeah, it's a really small world. And I think it's just, yeah, when you meet somebody, you know, don't let that relationship go, whatever that kind of entails, whether that's, you know, staying somewhat active on LinkedIn, liking their posts, would they share it, whatever, you know, it's just kind of maintaining that engagement because you never know when the relationships are going to kind of come back up, um, how they might benefit you, how they might shape your life. So yeah, when you meet somebody who, who, who has something, you know, related to what you're interested in or is kind of in the same space as you, um, just do what you can to kind of grow that relationship and maintain it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great tie-in to the next thing that I want to talk about. Um, 
So thinking back to your time at UNO, uh, what tools or resources um, or on-campus connections did you utilize to explore career paths um, when you determined that a role in a traditional firm wasn't your highest interest? Um, yeah, if I think back to, to how I realized that I maybe didn't want to go kind of the traditional firm corporate route um, would have been my first study abroad experience, which was also my first internship. It was kind of packaged up in one. So I, I knew that I wanted an internship and I knew that I wanted to study abroad. So I thought, OK, two birds, one stone, check, check. Right. Hor it's a horrible metaphor, but <laughs> um, yeah. So so that was an internship that I had at a nonprofit in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and I thought, OK, I'll do this international thing and then I can come back to UNO and focus on my studies, things like that. But yeah, I, you know, I really fell in love with the travel side of things and learning about new perspectives. Um, and as well, kind of in that internship and working at a nonprofit, I really realized that, you know, the mission of an organization is something that is going to matter to me kind of for the rest of my career. And, and I couldn't see myself, you know, putting those efforts necessarily into a product when, when you can put them into so much more. So that nonprofit was focused on teaching entrepreneurial skills to, um, people in Ireland that had been laid off during kind of the banking crisis, which did have really big effects in Ireland. So that was, that was the focus of that group. But yeah, I just kind of love to see the real change that it made in people's lives. So um, that's a little bit off topic, but I would say, I would say everybody should study abroad. I'm such a proponent of study abroad. Um, yeah. Try internships with careers that you think would be a good fit. So yeah, if, if you're, if you're not sure if you want to go the traditional firm route, try an internship there and, you know, give it your all. And if it's for you, you'll know it. If it's not, you'll know that too. Um, it's really valuable to learn what you don't want to do just as much as it is to learn what you do want to do. Um, and beyond that, I would just say, get involved in, in, you know, organizations on campus that connect you to other students, connect you to faculty, um, you know, whatever kind of your interests are, join it. I think I was in like French, Spanish, and German club for like different periods at UNO, and I wasn't consistent members of either of them and didn't even necessarily, you know, like put them all on my resume or whatever, but just kind of like as I was interested in events or whatever, I just went to that thing, right? So I would just say like, it doesn't have to be like this resume pump up, whatever. It can just be fun. It can just be interesting. Um, it can just kind of help help grow kind of a, a, a pet project that you have on the side or whatever. So um, yeah, just, just find things to stay involved. Mm. I think that's, that's really sound advice. And I, as a current student, I really appreciate that too. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, you already hinted at this a little bit, but uh, many business students see their career options out of college as limited to traditional business roles um, in, a, in a corporate or a firm kind of, uh, kind of setting. So as a UNO CBA grad uh, working outside of the traditional firm, what would you say to them? And this could be advice. It could be something that you learned or how you learned that. Um, but I'm curious. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say I think the reason that you maybe don't go the traditional firm route is because is probably like me is, is maybe it's the mission that matters. Maybe it's it's I don't know that I want to. I want to, you know, work to make money for this business who's selling these products. And, you know, maybe, maybe that, that, that call isn't as strong for you. Um, and, and with that, I would just say, yeah, you definitely should explore the world of, of government and nonprofit um, NGO thing, like things like that, because there is a lot actually going on in this space. And I think there's a lot less visibility um, for, you know, this kind of career as a career path for students, but 
Um, I think what it comes down to is if you if you meet somebody that has a job that you think is interesting, that you think, hey, maybe I'd want to do that. Maybe I'd want to be at that organization. Um, kind of circling back to my you know prior advice is that or prior lesson is that relationships really do matter. So reach out to that person, connect with that person. If you can sit down for coffee or whatever and just ask them about what they do or how, you know, how they how they got to that point. What does their daily work look like? Why why did they choose to go that route? Um, just kind of whoever you come across in in your network or in your you know life, if, if they're doing something that seems interesting, follow up on it. Um, because you know, the dream is that we're all just doing a job that we love and living a life that we love and work ends up being so much, you know, so much of the time taken up in your life that you want it to be something that you're really passionate about. So um, just just talk to people and and pursue those intersections as you come across them. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I I know many many students who are kind of thinking about this right now, and so um, I hope I, I I know that that'll be really helpful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of expanding uh, the focus there just a little bit. Um, what would be your advice to uh, students who are beginning their time at UNO? So whether that's as a transfer student or uh, they're a freshman, uh, just finishing their first semester on campus, um, starting their second semester, um, what advice would you give to them to get the most out of their time at UNO? Yeah, I love that question, actually. So I think I think kind of the the real, I don't know, gift of being a student and you don't always realize it while you're a student but it's that it's that you'll never have so much free time and students are always like the busiest because they're up at eight for class or studying or a group project or whatever and then they probably have a part-time job and they're working until 10 so it's like do they really have free time but um, you have the flexibility that's what it is, is is you'll never have so much flexibility to create your own schedule and take a week off and yeah it's unpaid because you know you don't get <laughs> paid vacation as a student right but um, kind of the point of that being is 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 you have all this free time you have all this flexibility to kind of make your schedule how you want you know take classes at the times that work for you things like that um, so really it's kind of your time to to do the most and to try the most things so if you're interested in something or you you know there's a hobby you want to start whatever um, college is the time to start it that's when you'll have the flexibility to do it and your life isn't kind of this this rigid schedule that you have to follow week in week out um, I've already kind of mentioned this, but if, if you're interested in international or study abroad, definitely do it. It shouldn't be a question of like, I don't know if I want to study abroad. It should be like, where am I going and when and how can I make this happen? Um, the debt is worth it. Honestly, you know, whatever, whatever kind of that barrier is, is, is you can't trade that experience. Um, and even once you're older and you want to go on vacation or whatever, you're like, oh, I'll wait till I have a job and I can, you know, have a paid vacation and I'll be able to afford it and it'll be easier that way. Um, no, don't do that. But living in a place for a short amount of time is, is, is an experience that you'll never get as an adult visiting that place. Um, so, so yeah, I just think really take advantage of the flexibility that you have in your schedule and, and just pursue things that you love or you think that you'll love or think that you might be passionate about it because it's much harder to do it once you know, you're know you locked into the nine to five grind or whatever. So yeah, I would say that. And the other thing actually too um, is, is I think don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect. If you don't love something, like you don't need to put 150% into doing it. So like, yeah, I've I've never been a math person. I'm fine at it, but like it's just like I don't I don't want to waste my energy doing something a calculator can do like so much more efficiently, right? Like maybe there's like a I don't know, narcissistic piece to that of like why would I? But but anyway, so it's like like 
I, I've never got an A in an accounting class and I didn't care about it. Still graduated like the, the lower magna cum laude. I think that's the one that's like the lower one, right? But like, it's like, I, I don't want to like spend the extra three hours to get the A when I can coast at like a B and, you know, right? So it's like, if, if you don't love something, and maybe that's just my philosophy. Not everybody's built that way. But if you don't love something, you don't need to like kill yourself to be perfect and, and you know, do the most all the time. Um, and, you know, if you don't like something, just stop doing it. If you don't like the club that you're in, don't go anymore. Like do something else. Just find things that you love and um, kind of build your life around what you love, what you're passionate about. Yeah, that's that is really that is really wise advice. Um and it's so important for students who are who are just beginning their time at UNO to think about those things. So mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll link through uh, the podcast and the show notes and everything, um, study abroad information and organizations and clubs. So hopefully um, people will take advantage of, of those resources that you've mentioned. Um, are there other things that we didn't talk about that you want to share with our listeners about uh, your, your role working <clears throat> in a non-traditional firm or um, thinking about whether it's college or career or anything on your mind? Um, Yeah, there's maybe one other piece of advice, and it's the advice that I would give to anybody kind of at any point in their life. But I think it has professional applications. It has relationship-building applications. But um, I think... I think if you want to rise like in any part of your life, like what, what you need to do, what your goal needs to be is to solve people's problems. So if that's, if at the end of the day, if, you know, and that's how I start all of my days and finish all of my days is how do I, how do I go to work and solve a problem? What problems did I solve today? And that would be probably my number one, like metric of my own success is, is did I do something today that lessened somebody else's, you know, burden or stress or workload or whatever did did I solve a problem yes okay today was a successful day so I think um, <clears throat> I think you know kind of having that mindset into the professional world has definitely kind of been in and what's attributed to me growing and moving forward and and you know now now having a manager title at the age of 24 I don't I don't often say my age because I'm much younger than people think I am but <laughs> but um yeah, no, I think I think just be a problem solver, be somebody that people can reach out to and say, hey, I have this thing going on. What are your thoughts? And, and what do you, you know, how can you help? And I think being that person for a lot of people professionally, I could also say that in like friendships, right, um, has, has definitely moved me forward. Um, and, and I think that that's probably the correct way to approach things. And if you're a student or you're just starting out work or whatever, be a problem solver. And that's what everybody wants. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. that's the last little tidbit I have for you. That's a, that's a great place to leave this. Um, Adrian, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for appearing on the podcast and sharing your insights. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was fun. Thanks for having me. That was a great conversation with Adrian, and I hope that you, if nothing else, appreciated the glimpse into the alternative ways to utilize a business degree outside of the traditional for-profit operation. We've now reached a segment of our show called Who Cares, where we talk about why our episode topic matters and what you can do about it. There are a couple of key nuggets of wisdom I want to make sure you caught. First, whether you're in school now or have jumped into your career, Be intentional about growing your network and building and maintaining relationships. 
As social creatures, we thrive when we connect with, learn from, and help others. If you caught the travel bug hearing Adrian talk about study abroad, feel free to check out the study abroad information in the show notes. Information about student organizations can also be found there. As we close, here's my challenge for you. Join me in doing something this week that makes another person's day easier. I think that this piece of advice from Adrian is advice to live by. Build relationships, solve problems, and help others out. This has been Quick Career Convos. I'm your host, William Shepner, and I encourage you to have your own conversations about career topics with those around you. Until next time, follow us on social media at UNO Career Center CBA on Instagram and UNO CBA Career Center on Facebook. If you have requests for guest interviewees, topics, or questions for the pod, send me an email at UNO Career Center CBA at unomaha.edu with podcast in the subject line. For now, signing off. Be safe, be smart, be successful. Quick Career Convos is a University of Nebraska at Omaha CBA Career Center production. Our episodes are written, edited, produced, and hosted by me, William Shepner. Our theme music is created by Nico Staff.